All right, so we are here with our special guest, uh, Logan from DSM Drops. Go ahead and, and uh, introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are. Great. Uh, thanks for having me. My name is Logan, and I am the owner and operator of DSM Drops, um, a reseller in Des Moines, Iowa. Cool, cool. Um, what do you do for a living besides um, reselling? I'm a photographer full-time. Uh, portrait photography and specialize in weddings and I've been doing that for the past 10 years after I um, finished college cool cool so obviously when I first saw your your I was gonna say snapchat but your Instagram uh, your layout was really cool and it was something that I didn't really see much and in, in, uh, in other businesses is where you know you can actually clearly see the photo it's really I wouldn't I don't know like cinematic I guess <laughs> it's really it's really nice how you have your layout yeah. And I was like, this guy has to know something about photography to be taking pictures like this. It looks really good, and it's really unique. Um, how did you get into photography? Sure. Um, I went to school for graphic design, and so in my summers back from college, um, one of my friends was running a photography studio in my small town I grew up in, and he hired me on as his editor. And so I learned the editing side of photography first. Um, shortly after I bought a camera just for fun and long story short, had some friends who, um, wanted photos of them and then, uh, had a friend get married and they didn't have a big budget and I was kind of their best option for a cheap photographer. Um, fast forward, shot a few more weddings. They went well. I had a great time. I love doing it and, um, started just booking weddings pretty fast and um it became a full-time business um very quickly cool cool um so would you say like obviously i think a lot of times now in order for you to get into something to make it a full-time business you obviously have to like it and love it mm. um how does that transition into sneakers obviously when i feel like a lot of people that listen to the podcast they know you buy sneakers mm -hmm. i didn't even know that you did photography how do you feel that transitions into sneakers just as far as owning a business mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I mean, obviously, just running business at a core is uh, a skill that you have to learn. Um, I was pretty, um, I guess, lucky that I could enter reselling with already have made a bunch of mistakes and learned how to run a business pretty mm -hmm. smoothly. Um, so I think I had an easy transition into reselling and I knew how to attract clients, how to um, keep clients, how to you know, um, organize finances, um, make smart decisions most of the time, and keep things organized and, and pretty well run. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have a knack for business just in general, and so um, kind of reselling just came about as a, kind of a investment opportunity for the most part. Mm -hmm. And you, I like that you spoke about mistakes because I feel like nowadays a lot of people, when they get into a business, they say, okay, I, I don't want to make any mistakes. Do you think it's important <laughs> to actually make mistakes? I, I mean, you're going to. I've never run into a single successful person that hasn't made mistakes. It's a common theme. You read any book about business, you look at any interview, you watch any YouTube videos. One of the common themes is, yeah, I made tons of mistakes. And successful people just 
take it on the chin and they learn it, learn from it. Um, and they just kind of humbly go from that experience um, and get better and better and better. And um, yeah, I, I made most of my stake, mistakes the first two years of reselling. Same thing with my photography business. I made most of my mistakes the first few years. Um, some bigger than others, but everything you just have to analyze and be like, all right, we're not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that also once you get through enough um, mistakes and situations you should have avoided in any business, then you have the confidence to uh, um, be better at business. And um, yeah, I guess the confidence helps you build a bigger business mm-hmm. usually. Yeah, I, I like that because I feel like a lot of, like I said, a lot of people, especially whether they're young or, or they're a little older, they think, hey, you know, I, I, if I run a successful business, there's no mistakes that I can sure. possibly come into or like if I make a mistake, I'm a failure. And I like that you said that, you know, in, in any business, and I've seen that a lot, especially with people who are successful uh, at what they're doing, they made a lot of, a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's something with sneakers that, you know, something that like caught your attention was like, Hey, this was sort of like a mistake. I shouldn't do it again. And kind of share to the, those who are listening that who are getting into sneakers too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that they should maybe not do, or maybe something that didn't work well for you. Yeah. The two biggest things that I had to learn from was first, obviously, um, early on I got scammed for a good chunk of money and didn't, know how to tell the difference between legit and fake pairs Mm -hmm. Um, there's really amazing fakes and still to this day if someone's wearing them on feet like it's hard to tell a lot Mm -hmm. of times if if they're legit or not Um, and so yeah I I had to go back and spend a ton of time looking um, at you know reddit threads to see what the difference is between real and fake pairs Mm -hmm. are and Um, Just had to put in the time to figure out the differences um, and just had to be way more careful with deals. Um, And if I ever was worried about a deal, like you got to kind of just do like PayPal invoices or have a way to get your money back if need be. And um, I guess I was just way too optimistic to start out with. So I needed to not put my trust in random people quite as hard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's probably the the biggest thing with starting out that most people do get scammed. Um, there's a lot of corruption in the sneaker world and any world that has a lot of money, especially just random cash deals. Mm-hmm. Um, it can get pretty shady. And then I think the other thing that was a mistake was I invested a lot of my money in, um, paying resale for sneakers mm-hmm thinking that the market would just eventually go up and I would make my profits that way. Mm -hmm. But it became um, kind of a a bad situation because I wouldn't have money to get retail releases Mm -hmm. when need be. And so I was constantly trying to play catch up and selling things for too cheap to get some of my money back. And I think if I would have been way more patient Mm -hmm. um, when I was starting out, then I would have grown my business faster. Of course. And I think that's really important because I feel like a lot of people do that when they first start. Instead mm-hmm. of starting small 
and starting maybe like, hey, I get one or two pairs for retail and then flip those and go from that. I feel like a lot of people nowadays, they'll just go ahead and pay a little bit under market and then try and flip that shoe and and just basically making their own way of, you know, trying to make some money. And then at the end of the day, they just end up losing money because that shoe didn't go anywhere. Totally. They need money to obviously buy some shoes that are coming out. Um, So I I like that you spoke about that. And you also spoke about real versus fake. Um, I know nowadays it's really, really hard sometimes to tell a real from a fake shoe. Um, especially with a lot of the, there's a lot of reselling and a lot of uh, stores that have gotten caught with fakes. Um, how important do you think that is, and how do you think that fakes and versus reels like has changed? You know, kind of like the sneaker game and how people have thought about it. Yeah, you know, I, I don't hate fakes honestly. Like I'm pretty cool with mm-hmm. p- fake shoes and people wearing fake shoes. I have friends who wear replica shoes, and it's like. It's really not a big deal to me. I think the issue is shoes can be an investment and uh, fake shoes don't hold any resale value. And so as an investment point, uh, just having authentic pairs is important because they do resell and, and myself included, when I'm buying pairs, I want the legit pair. Like I don't wanna, um, you know, kind of a, a flawed um, second pair, you know, like I, I don't want fakes and I mm-hmm. care about um, the designer and I care about the effort put into creating the shoe. So I, I want it exactly like the designer intended it. Um, but yeah, it, it's really, um, it's made it accessible for people to get into shoes. And a lot of people start off buying fakes and then they get more into the culture and then decide to start investing in buying real shoes um, and authentic pairs and so there's good and bad parts about it the the, obviously the worst part is people trying to sell fakes as real and um, get up on people and make money and um, i see it all the time on facebook marketplace and uh, instagram people trying to buy fakes um, from chinese distributors and then mark them as real and try to make a bunch of money which really stresses me out (laughs) yeah and that was one thing that i actually spoke to a couple people about is i don't mind if people wear fakes like people Mm -hmm. can do whatever they want with their lives i'm not you know i don't yeah i don't have to tell them what to do but my biggest thing is okay you're wearing fakes whatever that's you but don't try and go out and scam people who are actually trying to buy the right the 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 original product Mm -hmm. um just because i know a lot of people who you know, they, they might be saving up money when it's hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars uh, for that one legit shoe and then find out that the shoe that they wasted that much money on is fake. Yeah. They can't get their money back. They can't even get a percentage of their money back that totally. gets done. And that's one thing that a lot of people need to realize. And I've seen a little, I've seen it a lot where people comment, oh, well, why do you care if a shoe is real or fake? Why do you care if a shoe is worth this and that? It's just certain things that people don't talk about enough and people don't realize that it can actually have an effect uh, on someone, uh, especially with cases of getting scammed. And I mm-hmm. think that a lot of times now it has been more of a, of a oh, kind of like, you know, it's, it's been happening more. And I, I don't like to see that a lot, especially with, with Facebook Marketplace. 
I myself uh, last month had someone try and sell me a pair of fake shoes. I do uh, research before, uh, you know, I meet up with him and um, he tried to sell them to me and he was kind of like rushing me, you know, he's like, oh, I got to go. Come on. Let's like, do you want them? Come on. You said you were going to buy them. And I told him straight up, I was like, dude, these are fake. This is how they're fake. The box is off. The shoe is completely off. Uh, it's not what you sent me in the photos. Uh, so stuff like that, I think people need to really um, look at and understand why there's there's uh, a real versus fake and what it can affect, um, you know, what it could affect in someone's life. Um, but also talking to the sneakers and talking about reselling, um, what do you think about the current stage that reselling is at right now? I think it's fun. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, there's a wide range of people just getting into it and making a little money getting excited about it, um, kind of figuring out business for the first time at a young age. There's also people who are 40, 50 years old and just seeking it as an, like an investment opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, the margins can be really good and better than stock investments. Um, that's why you see like American Eagle buying in with um, JC Lopez. Mm -hmm. um, they see the potential and, you know, like even Foot Locker and um, that huge company is, you know, investing in stadium goods, I think it was. Uh, it was um, stadium goods and coat. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's so much money in reselling. There's a lot of um, excitement. And, I mean, Adidas and Nike mainly are doing such a good job with putting really amazing product out right now that is stirring up the culture at a really fast pace mm -hmm. um, and probably the the fastest growth in the sneaker industry um, ever. Like yeah. I, I, I think there's usually, you know, four to five sneaker releases a month that are pretty sought after now. Mm -hmm. um, so you're getting 50, 60 pairs a year that people want and, and that just kind of stirs up a economy for reselling. Mm -hmm. um, I think at some point pretty quickly, it's gonna get washed out and you're just gonna have so many resellers. Um, that it gets kind of frustrating, but I can't always just be like the old guy that points fingers at the young ones. So, yeah, of course. Um, I like that you brought up Foot Locker and how they bought into Stadium Goods and mm -hmm. Goat um, because I feel like there's a lot of hypocrisy going on. Um, and when I say when, when I say that, I mean I had a friend who worked for Foot Locker. He got fired because uh, Foot Locker said that he was reselling a pair of his shoes. Uh, online but yet he wasn't he was just selling it for what he got it for mm -hmm. but the thing is what if you're investing in if you're a company and you're investing into a reselling platforms you got to support it you got to support it yeah. yeah and then what do you think of that when there's kind of like okay well a company is supporting <laughs> it financially but yeah yet, you know they kind of that's tough though because then you're also encouraging the arty okay kind of act of backdooring pairs yeah. which has been a thing and everyone knows it since the you know the start of sneaker mm -hmm. um sales like that's just what happens and i'm a pretty straight shooter but if i owned a store i will openly say i would hook my friends up yeah like that is awesome mm -hmm. and i just i'm okay with backdooring and um, I think, you know, Foot Locker and big stores like that just try to 
watch their corporate identity by not yeah. allowing it. So I feel like they have to have policies in like that, but I'm sure they're also confused on on how to make that situation right yeah <laughs> so obviously we're talking about full locker uh and finish line and, and those big companies mm-hmm. um what do you think about recently how they've switched up their their app and like how it seems like they're kind of trying to cut the reseller but then at the same time it's kind of helping the reseller uh not get as much pairs um what do you think about that how they're they seem to like kind of take away from 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 the resellers yeah i don't think they honestly are i don't know if they have it perfectly figured out either Mm -hmm. and so i think they're just trying to figure out new platforms and kind of beta test everything Mm um i don't know in the end people who want a bunch of pairs and are going to put in the time to get a bunch of pairs are going to get them like it's just the way it works um if you put in the legwork and make the right connections and are just good at it it's gonna it's gonna play out you're gonna get what you want for the most part mm-hmm. um successful people are successful for a reason so i don't think necessarily changing the app or the structure is going to eliminate too much of you know people getting a ton of pairs and some people not getting any pairs um i'm really bad about rigging the system and mm-hmm. i'm like i'm a one entry guy <laughs> fingers crossed don't have any angles and i should honestly probably get better at that because mm-hmm. um, i know people who will hit 20 pairs of Foot Locker shoes on a release and cool like if you're gonna do it do it and if they're gonna stop you they'll stop you so i don't know i i'm fine with the changes they've made and i don't really see it changing things too much yet. yeah of course, um, and I know with that topic too, with the current, with well, the last a real hype shoe was the Travis Scott SB, mm-hmm. um, and obviously we were talking about that a little bit off air that there was a lot. I felt like there was some some backdooring going on. Um, what do you think of that? Also, like with really hype releases, do you think that regardless of the release, like there should be no backdooring, or it, it's just up to the shop? It's up to the shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to own a shop, I give you free reign. I know Nike put some limits on how they released them. Like, mm-hmm. they just, Nike said that all skateboard shops had to do a raffle. Mm-hmm. Um, our local shop usually does first come, first serve and does campouts. And mm-hmm. um, it's pretty cool. And, and it runs well because we're not a monster city. Yeah. And so everyone is kind of usually, you know, really respectful. Yeah. So, um, usually, usually, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh, you know, most of the time that works out really well. I know Kevin at Subsect had to do a raffle and, um, that had to be super overwhelming. So I, I had yeah. a lot of, uh, I guess grace for him in that situation. And if I, if I was Kevin and I've told everybody this, I would have backdoored 80% of the pairs to all my friends and raffled four five, six pairs away and just, kind of done that i mean so i i you know i think he ran a very legit raffle mm-hmm. and um man there were some random people that won them but it's cool like you never know what that did for that person and um yeah so i don't have a perfect answer for it but no you're fine yeah um so when you spoke about that 
Um, obviously, the raffle system has changed a lot, mm-hmm. um, especially with you don't see that often with 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 raffles. And the way that Kevin done it did it was obviously for me it was like the nicer way of doing it. Sure. Because I know um, I want to say it was Prospect in Chicago. What they did was they did one free ticket per customer, but you had to also if you wanted more tickets you had to buy something from the shop. Sure. Which I thought was really smart just because I felt like when I went in there there's a lot of people there that I've never seen that stuff so mm-hmm. I've never seen in my life I've never seen them post you know what I mean and I don't I don't think you need to you have to but it's a more, nice yeah, nicety yeah that's what I'm saying <laughs> like it kind of it kind of made me upset like those people are probably not gonna be back ever yeah unless there's another Travis Scott SB um, or something <laughs> high. yeah like what do you think about that yeah, it's tough. Obviously, if you've been around business long enough mm-hmm. and you know how to be a polite person in the world, mm-hmm. you go in and you support the shop when you buy a, get a free raffle ticket. Yeah, That's the perfect way it works out. So any of you who just went in there and didn't support your skate shop, you should feel slightly bad. bad. <laughs> Obviously, they can't put limitations or don't want to because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that seems pretty intense, but, um, yeah, I mean, when you're getting something for free or an opportunity to buy something that's going to make you a ton of money, mm-hmm. like scratch each other's backs, you know, I'm wearing a shirt from Subsect right now. Like I've tried almost every release to go in and buy something, mm-hmm. um, from those skate shops. And, um, yeah, I mean like, especially when you're honing in on skateboard shops, they're small companies and they're not out to make millions of dollars. They're trying to stir on a culture um, 90% of the time, and especially Subsect in Des Moines, I think is one of the coolest skate shops in America. And I think Kevin does a really, really good job with it and spurs on a lot of people to get excited about skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's like if you're going to go in and do that, At I think... buy a shirt. <laughs> yeah, buy a shirt. Buy something. Um, Get some stickers. I mean, literally anything shows some support. Yeah. Um, besides that, uh, what is something uh, that you dislike and like um, about what brands like Nike, Adidas uh, are doing right now? Ooh. Um, <clears throat> let me think about that for a quick second. I, I don't think Adidas is doing anything cool. I think all... Their cool stuff is due to Kanye. Yeah. Uh, shout out Kanye. I know you're listening. <laughs> right. I think he has flipped that company into what it is today. And, you know, he, you know, I'm sure Adidas is basically treating him like their full creative director mm-hmm. without giving him the position. But really anything Adidas has done that I care about um, has all been due to Kanye and his influence. Um, so I'm still a big Yeezy fan. I'll probably die on that bandwagon. I, that was kind of my first love of shoe and what got me into sneakers. Um, and I still think it does the same thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a few people, um, in the industry are definitely on Kanye burnout cause there's so many releases, um, so many similar releases, but, um, in the end, I'll definitely always say he's done a great job. I love what Nike is doing now with their creativity. It seems like they basically have two sides. Mm-hmm. 
they're just retroing a bunch of classics right now to please their Jordan fans, mm-hmm. which is cool. I'm not necessarily a big Jordan head mm-hmm. just because I grew up in small town Iowa and there wasn't yeah Jordan, Jordan basketball, basketball culture. Mm-hmm. And so I have gained a, a really strong liking to the Jordan brand and and that, but I don't have the emotional connection to it like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love most of their creative stuff, like their collaborations, um, their SB stuff, kind of like those little one-off things. Like my favorite shoe right now to wear is the G-Dragon G mm-hmm. Air Force One, which is um, the first shoe they collabed with him. And I, you know, I just kind of like those those weird design creative shoes and it's fun to see Nike putting a lot of effort into that recently. Yeah, um, that really has surprised me uh, recently just because I feel like back when uh, Yeezy first came out with like Adidas, like mm-hmm. a lot of people like Nike's done with. Like yeah. Nike, it's it's three stripes. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember that. I remember when Ultra Boost was in, um, Jordan Brand and Nike were like really like not struggling. Really, yeah, they were struggling. They weren't releasing stuff that people liked, and now it's the completely opposite. Like it's it's just completely opposite. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that Adidas is is uh, is doing isn't really hot. Of course, you're always gonna have Yeezys, but I feel like there's gonna be a, like that kind of reaching point. But then again, at the same at the same time, I feel like there isn't just because a lot of more and more people are getting into Yeezys every single day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do agree with that. Um, and we spoke about also shoes and how, like, the G-Dragons obviously are really different. What would a Logan shoe look like? Mm. What, 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 uh, what would you choose <laughs> as a model? Oh, right now it would, it would basically have to be an Air Force One. Mm-hmm. I've really fallen in love with wearing that silhouette. And when I'm running to the grocery store, running to the post office, doing stuff like that, I almost every time grab an Air Force One. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is due to the collabs they've done and the, the cool stuff they've done with it. But mm-hmm. um, since college, when I bought my first pair of Air Force Ones, I've always been a fan. So I, th- I think it would have to be an Air Force One. What would I, the color scheme Oh, be? man. <laughs> what would the... <laughs> Not much color. Not much I barely color. wear any color. Um, if I do, it's red or forest green. So mm-hmm. somewhere maybe in there. But I think I'd like to do a fully monochromatic shoe and just play with shape and texture a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, since I went to school for design, I, I think I would try to do something really unique mm-hmm. um, with some layering, maybe some transparency stuff, but really play with texture a lot that's a huge key i love um if any of you have seen the g dragon shoe and the paint chipping off you understand that that texture play is kind of why i'm addicted to that shoe Mm -hmm. um so i i couldn't copy it but i would probably play with something like that um i don't know if it's a something that reveals itself you know through wear or comes straight out of the box with a lot of texture but and I've been noticing stuff like that, uh, especially with the Sean Weatherspoons, where you could, oh, yeah. like, the different textures, the corduroid, mm-hmm. the patches that you can take on and off. Yeah. Do you think that is more stuff that Nike should, you know, release? Like, you can, it's a shoe that's released in everyone, but you can kind of make it your own. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's something that they should keep going on? If they do a good job with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
you know, they tried to do that, and I forget the name of it, um, but it was, I, man, I'm going to butcher all the details on it, but it was a recent shoe. They did an Air Force One. It was all white and light blue, and it came with a Sharpie that it was like, um, you were supposed to write on the back, like, I am this, or uh, something similar. It was kind of like this positive message yeah. uh, sneaker release, and... I want to say maybe LeBron had something to do with it too. I'm so sorry if I'm totally butchering this, <laughs> but uh, I thought that was like Nike's just straight up idea or maybe some intern's idea on how to make a customizable shoe. And I thought it was a pretty poor execution. Like it was, it was ugly. And so they need uh, to fire that intern. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Come to find out Tinker's like yeah. back there just shaking his fist. But um, yeah, you know, if they do a good job with it, I'm all about it. Like, I really gravitate personally towards those shoes. Um, but it can be screwed up. Like, it can be overdone. Um, it can be, you know, underdone. Like, there needs to be this perfect balance of playfulness, mm-hmm. but also good looks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I also wanted to talk about with, of course, we can't have an episode without sneakers talking about Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about kind of what he's been doing? Because my favorite one was the the Air Force one, when uh, I bought them from you. You did for three fifty, which was a good <laughs> price. I appreciate Steals that. Steals and deals. Um, but he released that shoe when it had patches, and then like you could remove the swooshes. Yeah, I love it. Um, what do you think about what he's been doing lately with with everything? It's been good. I don't I don't know what his design team looks like. So you know usually. If it's a collaboration, there should probably be like mentions for his whole design team at Nike. Mm-hmm. Like, there's probably twenty people on his design team, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't think Travis walked in with a drawing and said, "This is my shoe." Yeah. Um, it's definitely a, a collaboration, and so there's tons of hands on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still on the fence about the ones, to be honest with you. With the the highs, the highs and the lows. The lo- well, the lows I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I really have said it from the get go. I even bought a pair and wore them to try to convince myself I liked them, and I sold them after one wear. Wow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I I'm still on the fence about the ones. I know it's a really hype sneaker, um, but I think a lot of people are that way because the market is really stalled out on them. Mm-hmm. So I think people really bought into the hype now they're kind of on the fence about it um the air forces i love to death it's like everything we've been talking about fits perfectly with that shoe um and the sbs i'm like a 75 percent there Mm -hmm. lots of cool details some customization some good details um i just don't think it fits perfectly in my wardrobe Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll see because I do love SBs and if I get a nicely used pair, I will probably wear them and, and then make a judgment call after a few wears. Yeah. Um, obviously with, with SB, um, what do you think that's been going on? Cause I feel like <laughs> it's back on top. Dude, I have no idea. I, I just think they're pushing shoes. Mm-hmm. I think they, Nike just had a meeting that could have lasted a long time, but, uh, I think they just saw that their SB line wasn't doing very good. And so I think they're just pushing collaborations to SB mm-hmm. and putting a lot of design efforts into um, releasing some cool stuff. 
So I think they simply just generated the market. I don't think skate culture is big right now mm-hmm. uh, or bigger than it usually has been. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I think of is just Nike generating it. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially with, I felt like, with their i feel like it's their poster child i should say like travis Mm -hmm. you know kind of like anything that he touches anything that he does just turns into gold or like there's um, some resale to it um what do you think with that especially with his new uh air max coming out the air max is rough i (laughs) you really think i I personally i I love it oh (laughs) man i uh i cannot get on that shoe by any means i it looks very bad to me but uh yeah different opinions are, yeah. are are beautiful in the shoe world of course and and you can wear shoes better than i can you have a little more fashion uh than i do but i wouldn't say that <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i uh it's cool to see him doing really unique stuff um and they're definitely giving him freedom to do what he wants on different silhouettes um I think they're trying to avoid what happened to Kanye and not giving enough, mm. um, I guess, creative freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Kanye turned away from Nike because of that and also royalties. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I think they're they're obviously paying Travis enough and giving him enough freedom um, that he's going to keep going for a while. I'm sure we'll see at least 10 silhouettes. At least 10. Wow. I mean, we're at what three four five already mm-hmm. five so more. we're halfway there yeah i'm i assume we'll see a blazer at some point yeah that seems right up his alley mm. uh, and blazers are a cool shoe you can do a lot with mm-hmm. um i'm sure we'll see a five and a maybe three and you know those silhouettes mm-hmm. and those are already rumored so he really only needs maybe one or two more and he's what two, three years Perfect. into three years into his collab. Yeah. You know, I didn't think about that actually. I that's a good way to think about it with what happened with Kanye and how he said that the reason he left was because he felt like he wasn't getting enough uh, creativity. Like he, he couldn't do what he really wanted to do. Um, and we also spoke about a little bit about you know like his future releases with uh, with Adidas and also Travis's with Nike. What are some releases that? you can't wait for you you kind of like are eager for this mm. year so far i don't have a huge stockpile list mm-hmm. i don't look too far into the future um to be honest i i'm pretty excited for the off-white fours because mm-hmm. the fours are a silhouette i like which four is the sand color one yeah i hate those i know everyone <laughs> does i uh man i i met up with my buddy zach the other day and he asked me the same question and i was like yeah kind of like him and he's like ooh, <laughs> you know give me the side eye and if you see me in person you understand why i like it because it's so simple like mm-hmm. i i wear very simple um clothing mm-hmm. but good silhouettes and so i love the i love the silhouette of the jordan 4 and it was the first jordan i ever bought so mm-hmm. um i do have a special place for it so i dig those I'm gonna be into those um there's a few man what else am i excited about i think some of the um 700 b3s coming out the black ones Mm -hmm. those are great for me i will definitely be buying a pair of those um 
I just bought the 380 Mists Reflectives. Those are a cool silhouette. Um, there's not, man, off the top of my head, there's not too many Jordans that I'm super stoked about. Um, it is rumored that Travis Scott's going to do a Chicago colorway of his one high this year. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be madness if he does. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, like it's... Yeah, it's, it's going to be wild. Probably one of the craziest <laughs> ones if he does it. Yeah, and um, so that that could get um, pretty wild. So I'll be a fan of making money on that shoe. There you go. <laughs> um, but other than that, I I have heard rumors that G-Dragon's going to do some more collaborations. So I'm excited to see what he comes up with. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing off the top of my head. There's been a few shoes that I've actually been kind of bummed about like the Sakai's I'm not a fan of Sakai's the waffle racers mm-hmm. and I know they're really pushing some new ones of those um yeah I didn't like the materials that they were going to use yeah it was really weird I just don't like the silhouette you yeah. know so any materials I'm not going to be a fan of probably <laughs> um but yeah and I'm not that big of a fan of Jordan 3's and they seem to be really pushing Jordan 3's especially with the UNC's this Saturday yeah 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 or tomorrow yeah that's tomorrow yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a good shoe. I just, I'm a pretty, like, yeah, standard white guy, and so I don't really, they don't look great on me. I, I feel like I can see you wearing some <laughs> Yeah, talking about that, I know some people are pretty are pretty mad. Um, I wanted to get your input on it, too, because those UNC3s were supposed to be for the University of Carolina, like, exclusive. Mm. They look exactly the same except for... The insoles, of course, which nobody's going to see besides you. Mm-hmm. But then the, the little embroidered like UNC um, logo. Yep. What, do you think that they should not do that? Like not release PEs and then kind of release the similar versions to the public? Or should they just go ahead and, and do that? I mean, UNC has enough PEs. Yeah, that's true. They have so many. Mm-hmm. And they go for crazy, crazy money. So I think it's nice to release um, the colorway. And Nike does do a lot of light blue, white colorways. And so um, it's, you know, it's right up their alley. I think it makes sense for them to release it. It's a little, it's a little lazy Mm -hmm. to release it exactly like their PE, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe change it up a little bit, like do a little um, iteration with the coloring and the color blocking, but I'm sure there's a whole lot of UNC fans that are stoked. Oh, yeah. So, Jordan Brand, UNC go together like peanut butter and jelly. So, you got to please them. You got to you gotta release some stuff for the for the fans. For sure. I, and then talking about PEs, I know they're rumored uh, to release for the Oregon 5 PEs. Mm, yeah. I, I kind of wish they just do it just like the UNCs, just because I always wanted to have a pair of Oregon 5s. Right. Not gonna spend that much money ever. <laughs> um, I almost, I almost did. Uh, the the Tinker Threes. Ooh, I want those. So Man, bad. I I almost did. I had an opportunity to buy my size ten and a half. If anyone's looking for a gift, uh, <laughs> but they, I had a opportunity to get them for five thousand, mm-hmm. which seems insane, but that's a pretty good price. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was taking trades, which really. It doesn't matter because I could just sell my product and give them cash. But mm. for some reason, and all resellers will understand this, trades feel better. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, well, you know, it wasn't cash. It was an asset. And so yeah. 
Uh, it feels better to do trades on really high-end personal shoes. Um, so I almost did it, and then I talked myself out of it, and I'm very grateful I did. <laughs> why, why, do you, why do you think that is? I just... That's so much money. Yeah. It's a lot of money to sink into yourself when you're trying to build a business. That is true. Yeah. Um, I like that you say that because I feel like a lot of times now, um, I've been guilty of this where like I'll be like on my mindset where like, okay, I'm going to save. I'm going to buy shoes and make profit off of them and that's it. And then there's a shoe that I really want and it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, like. Totally. I just I just need to have it. So I think that that's important too that a lot of people need to need to know. Um but also besides that, um, I feel like with reselling, um, there's always a bad rep. Like they're like, oh, these resellers, you know, screw them. They're always buying up the pairs. Mm-hmm. Why do you think there is a bad rep on resellers? Because most people are terrible at business. <laughs> I really think enough people who love shoes mm-hmm. have had bad interactions with resellers. And that really pisses them off. Yeah. Uh, and if you just want the shoes to wear, you obviously don't want people buying them that don't care about them. Yeah. They just care about profits. And so, um, yeah, like at sneaker releases, I do try to be personally really respectful of, you know, talking with people, building connections, which is just a good business move in general. But if I find out that someone really wants their size nine um you know they say they're gonna wear it obviously you you don't know um like i won't take their size nine like that happened at finish line on nc to chicago's which isn't a huge profit margin but there was like four sizes left a lady came in and she really really wanted a size nine and a size 11 and a half for her and her husband and there was a, like a nine and a half or a nine, 11 and a half, um, and you know, a less desirable size. I think it was a size five. Mm-hmm. And so I was in front of her and not trying to toot my own horn, but through conversation, found out what she wanted. And I took the size five, um, so she can get her pair. So I think there's a good balance. And if you're just respectful, you're not going to make, um, everyone happy, but Hopefully you can kind of mitigate um, how everyone views resellers. But yeah, just be better at business because it only takes one person for um, it to kind of ruin the whole idea of resellers. Talking about that, um, we recently had a case of something that, that kind of happened with that. Um, I'm talking about the um, the SB release, which was like the... Uh, it was in subsect the Air Max one, not the Air Max, but uh, Strange Loves. No, it was the one before that. Um, I know Justin liked them a lot. It's a Justin shoe. I can't remember what it was, what shoe it was, but we had a reseller who was trying to set up chairs. Oh yeah, and it was the P rods. Yeah, was it? Yeah, there was. I feel like there was one before that too. Um, it's the hot lava ones. Huh. I can't remember what it's called. The shoe. Uh, I don't think I was around for that one. You were. I was. Yeah, we were just talking Dang. about it in the group chat uh, oh. not too long ago. <laughs> but so we had a reseller reseller locally that was setting up chairs and doing all that. What do you? What is your take on that? Because I know that's really big in other cities. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna put a chair there, you better put a body there. 
<laughs> because yeah, that is true. I if you want to sit there for as long as you want to sit there, go ahead. Mm. Like it's kind of the you know the fit of the survivalist or you know yeah. what however that slogan goes. But uh, if you're gonna put in the effort and sit there overnight or you know for one or two days, you are in a shoe. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna set up a chair. I don't think you were in the shoe. So in my mindset, if I see an empty chair and no one's been there for a long time, I think it's good as gone. Like, I, yeah. I really don't give any credit to that. I thought it was pretty funny seeing that that picture that was uh, that was uh, sent to me of the chair just kind of <laughs> just sitting. Yeah, just sitting in the snow pile. Oh, so lonely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do think that's why a lot of resellers more that more that you said uh, why the resellers get a bad rep is just because of bad experiences, bad business. Yeah. Um, I know I personally have had that happen to me um, with releases, but I don't know. I think it's just different situations and different actions that are obviously taken because of of the situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but where do you see reselling in that kind of culture and the kind of the game? I should say. Uh, going here uh, for this year and maybe even more than that I think it's going to keep growing and attracting new resellers for the foreseeable future Um, I haven't decided if I like that or not Mm -hmm. Uh, what comes from more people is you know pollution but also refinement I Mm -hmm. think in the end and I think when you have way more beginners, then the experienced resellers stand out more and gain more trust mm. um, in the end. I think that refinement takes time and frustration and a lot of mistakes. And hopefully the people who have been in the, the reselling game long enough can mm. kind of shepherd new people because... Um, you know, who are we to say that we weren't starting off at some point? So I really do encourage people to help young resellers mm-hmm. um, or beginning resellers um, do their best. And at some point, you know, you can't like shepherd everybody and tell them, oh, yeah, like, don't buy that shoe, buy this shoe. Don't buy that size, buy this size. Mm-hmm. Don't handle communications that way. Handle it this way. You know, at some point you, you don't have enough time to... Um, shepherd new resellers but I think it's going to just keep growing and keep growing and keep growing um, until you know I think the economy crashes do you think that's going to happen do you think I was going to I was about to ask you that do you ever think it's going to pop yeah just the bubble it always does Mm. it always does Um, the the thing that I don't know is how much suffering will um, kind of come from that and how long it'll last. You know, obviously, just if you understand the economy, like recessions come and go, uh, market dips come and go, like you would hate to see my stock market portfolio from the past week and a half. It's pretty depressing and everyone's feeling that right now, but it could bounce right back. or we could be heading into a bad market. Obviously, sneakers being a luxury, you have to be a little tentative on if the market crashes, no one's really going to buy sneakers. sneakers yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think 
I think it's just going to keep going and keep going until the market kind of crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you're young, that might not make a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have like retirement money set mm-hmm. aside yet or different investments, but um, yeah, I think it'll be good. I I think it's we're kind of in the golden years right now. Yeah. And maybe the past three years have been the golden years where there's enough competition. Um, you know, to be healthy, but not too much. And I think soon it will become too much where we just start seeing tons and tons of kids and families and random people buying sneakers. Um, Great example, the last release I was at, Mm -hmm. there was someone in line behind me and I asked him what size he wanted. Which release? The the NC Chicago's as well. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he had no idea what size he was going for, and it didn't matter. He was just told he needed to buy a pair. Oh, boy. You know? So it's just like that reseller, you know, enough of that, and there's just so many people jumping in that don't know a lot yet, um, which maybe he was helping out a friend or something, but that can really pollute it in a negative way. Yeah, and I agree, um can it's just like i don't know how to explain it because that is true i've seen a lot of people where they just get into it because they were told not Mm -hmm. necessarily because they like it um and anything like that um it's kind of i don't know i feel bad and then at the same time it kind of makes me want to teach them but Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just kind of like this back and forth so i i do i do agree with that um do you think that's going to affect it in a bad way or do you think that's actually going to help it with all those people? Yeah, I, I do. I can, I can go both ways. Yeah. Kind of like what I was saying before, the refinement process comes from kind of the pollution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'll start to see who's serious and who's good about it mm-hmm. a little more. Um, but I think in the end, it can really kind of spoil the excitement of resellers that is true i agree with that um because i was i was talking to i was talking about this to a couple other people um they said that they felt like at some point there's going to be like there's going to be like a a bubble in this in the sense of like how many more resellers can there be Mm -hmm. how many more shops can open up do you think that's what's going to happen Depends where the demand is. Mm-hmm. And it, the demand comes from celebrities. It comes from the big corporations, Nike, Adidas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it does come from NBA players and all those icons. Like, we wear shoes because of celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, we do most things because of celebrities and pop culture and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think if that is still driving kind of the culture in the world, then um, I think I think demand can just keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, um, I guess I can't predict it. Yeah, I'm unsure. Yeah, um, I know that that was one thing that that is I feel like isn't talked about uh, a lot. Um, but I do feel like it's something that should be more, you know, kind of talked about. 
because um, I know JC spoke about it too when I asked him in Chicago, and he said there's no way that it's ever going to die down. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he said that the the reason he thought that was because every single day there's a new sneakerhead. There is every single day someone's getting into sneakers. Yeah. So obviously we have a lot of people in this world. He said he doesn't see it ever stopping, no matter what. Like it can slow down for a little bit, yeah, but. For it to ever die down, for it to ever like you know, mm-hmm. not work out. He said that he felt like there that was never a possibility at all. I I probably agree with him in the sense that it won't happen before he retires, mm-hmm. and maybe not before we retire. Mm-hmm. But at some point, everything crumbles. It's yeah. history of the world. Like at some point, we will have no Nike mm-hmm. or Adidas. Mm-hmm. They could be a couple hundred year old company. But Nike's only been around since, like, the 70s, right? Yeah. And so they're only a 40-year-old company. Um, Blue Ribbon Sports. Blue Ribbon Sports, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're, like, (laughs) close to a 50-year company, which is pretty young for um, a huge company. And so, yeah, if Nike and Adidas close up shop, then it's going to be pretty tough to have new sneakers to sell. Um, But, yeah, I don't see that coming for a very long time. I just think we need to be hesitant in in the back of our minds to be good at business. Mm-hmm. Like, no one who is good at business doesn't always have um, kind of the safety net. That is true. Um, I agree. Uh, now moving on, uh, on to our next uh, topic, I want to talk, obviously, with uh, about fashion because that kind of goes in with sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um what are some of your favorite streetwear, like high-end brands that that you love? I, um, I really love this Japanese company called Attachment. Mm-hmm. That's the um, probably my favorite company right there um, that I'm digging. They do a lot of um, color palettes that I love. Really simple um, clothing, but focus on good fabrics and. Um, great silhouettes and nothing too abstract Um, actually when you walked in I got a package from them so that's what's sitting over on my table over there Um, and some new stuff from them so that's listening to this they need to send you some stuff (laughs) I I really it's a pretty small company so I would love if they listen to it somehow Um, yeah that's one of my favorites I really love the skateboarding company, The Quiet Life. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of stuff with photography. And so um, it's kind of a fun clothing line that's really affordable. And I, they're out of um, California and they do some really great stuff. Uh, if you're in Des Moines, Subsect does sell their stuff. So go check it out. Um, what other... Man, I... Uh, I tried to support Off-White for a long time, but mm-hmm. after buying enough stuff that didn't fit well, I had to stop spending hundreds of dollars on their brand. Um, so I just wear their sneakers because I know what to expect on sizing. Yeah. But there's been times where I've ordered small shirts that fit like XLs what? and XLs that fit like smalls. And, wow. you know, you get excited about a product, you spend hundreds of dollars on it because it's outrageously expensive. Yeah. And then it comes in and it fits terrible and you look like an idiot. <laughs> I'm not about that. So I've, yeah. I've kind of been burned out on off-white sizing. The design's cool. Um, I'll respect Virgil, but 
it's pretty tough to buy that um, clothing line. I'm trying to think what else I've been digging on. American Eagle jeans. Mm. Quick plug for the yeah, American Eagle yeah. jeans. Uh, hadn't stepped foot in their store for probably 15 years. And then what made you stop in there? It was a GQ article. Mm. They wrote an article a year ago that was saying the best pair of jeans is actually at your local mall. And I was like, well, you got to <laughs> got me there and so that was exciting and sure enough like yeah. i went and bought some of their jeans and um they're not the best quality but they are good enough and they sure are comfortable i've always stuck with hollister over american oh. I don't know, i've always playboy yeah i've always i've always liked them and i was never cool enough to rock hollister so <laughs> i still i still don't step foot in that store yeah i, I don't know why it's just that's hilarious that's every like all my jeans are hollister huh Crazy. That's it. Um, I don't know. You're probably the only reason they're still open. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to send me all their stuff before yeah. they shut down. Um, but you spoke about Virgil. And uh-huh. obviously Virgil is now the creative director for the menswear in Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? Because I know he's obviously really big in sneakers with Off-White. Yeah. And him transitioning into streetwear with uh, Pyrex, which was his first one that he yeah. did. And then uh, Off-White. How do you think... Or what do you think about that and what he did? I love it. I think it's really cool that Louis took a chance on him. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty big step of faith. Um, he was young and had a great track record. And they knew that if they brought him on, there would be way more excitement, especially from like the quote-unquote hype beast world for Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. Um which they had lost the young market. So it was a pretty um, strategic step, of course, but I think he's done a really good job. And what he has done is similar with Nike, where he takes what's already successful and then he puts a 5% spin on it. Mm. And that's kind of been his best um, game so far, as far as profits go. Yeah, I'm sure Virgil loves to have full creative um, direction like that's got to be fun for him and yeah. his off-white label has just gotten pretty obscure with his like formal wear direction it's going and some really unique sneakers and um, stuff he's doing like that but I think he, his most profitable business move has been what he's done with Nike and Louis Vuitton so I think that's been going really well mm-hmm. some of his stuff he does I love um, all the stuff he released in Chicago that was like the orange colorway. Yeah. I loved that stuff. I mm-hmm. will never be able to afford it. But the some of the other stuff he's done, like the transparent key balls, um, some of the luggage stuff. I mean it's cool. It's not for me. And a lot of a lot of Louis isn't for me necessarily, but um his jewelry he's done is awesome and um yeah, a few of his clothing pieces I think are really cool. I just don't quite have the income mm-hmm. to purchase that yet. I feel like I would not like a lot of people to see what's in my luggage. Like, <laughs> I just, when I saw that, man, it was. I was like, man, I was like, what? Like, especially with us when we travel, obviously. I'm sure you do. You carry some good sneakers. Yeah. You, know, you wanna you wanna wear your sneakers and stuff. I would hate to have someone just be like, oh, hey. 
those are a pair of a uh, couple hundred dollar sneakers. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, let's go, let's go over there and mess with them. He's probably designing that product for private jets. Yeah. Let's be uh, real. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's a way to think about it. You don't skip TSA. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Uh-huh. Um, I I do agree with that though because I saw some of his uh, stuff that he would he did with Louis Vuitton and it was just like okay, it's a Louis Vuitton wallet or whatever it might mm-hmm. be, but then he just added some like orange like uh, chain to yep. it. And I feel like that's what he's mainly done, especially with Nike. Mm-hmm. Reverse, no, not reversing the switch. I got mixed up with Travis, but uh, stitching you know, it on, stitching it on there, and and some of that stuff. I think it, it's it's his style, um, but also with him. And we were talking a lot about Kanye. Kanye said that his dream one day mm-hmm. was to be at the position of where Virgil's at now. Yeah, and I know Virgil. I mean, I know Kanye was talking about it recently. How. He kind of was like sad and kind of mad about it, but then he's kind of like happy because there's a person of color on the Louis Vuitton team that's like has a big position. Yeah. Where what do you think about that? That kind of like you know like back and forth between Kanye um, mm-hmm. and Virgil with with Nike. It's a uh, it's a crazy story and it's pretty wild how it came about. I love where it's at now mm-hmm. and obviously don't know him personally. But Kanye has respected Virgil in that very, very well. Kanye could have completely blown up, and I'm sure he wanted to kind of disown Virgil in a sense, where, you know, the apprentice becomes the master in a sense. Mm. And in the world of fashion, he has a higher respected position than Kanye now. Like, Virgil has the most important job you know in a sense in fashion yeah. is the head of Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. and Kanye is just leading his own brand and so um, and and Kanye has been pretty transparent with like he is now above me in the fashion world mm-hmm. now Kanye is doing some very cool and influential, influential stuff um, so I give Kanye credit for taking that one pretty humbly mm-hmm. i know he was frustrated at first but now he's like no we're a team like we do this together and we're building each other up and obviously kanye is making billions of dollars mm-hmm. and so when he goes to bed at night he's not regretting you know oh i could have made more money this yeah. way like he's set up and it's really easy or it's easier to be positive when you have a lot of money in your bank account and your family is stuck together mm-hmm. and you have a cool house and you know your life's kind of aligned pretty well now but. that is that is true because i feel like he could have blown up mm-hmm. because i feel like whenever i thought about louis vuitton before virgil i thought kanye yeah because he especially with his uh his Casper's and stuff yeah. yeah and like people would call him, he, he even said in an interview he's like i was called you know the louis vuitton don and and stuff like that. I just thought it was crazy, man. Just like, cause he, yeah. well, it was supposed to be his position, um, but I'm kind of glad that it was Virgil's because I felt like it it was something fresh. Mm-hmm. It's something that like you're like, whoa, like you you said the the apprentice is now the master, mm-hmm. right? So it's a cool story. Yeah, I thought it, I thought that was crazy to be honest. Um, but besides that, what do you what do you are what are you looking forward to in fashion with whether it's sneakers? Clothing, streetwear, what's something that you look forward to in the future? Um, right now, I think personally, I want to see 
Um, I want to see some pretty cool kind of like technology playing out within mm -hmm. fashion and not in the sense of screens, computers, monitors, like, you know, techie stuff. Mm -hmm. But I want to see um, really nicely cut things and overlays and um, use of good materials mm -hmm. because what we're finding in technology is now we can make really precise fabrics and cuts and um, you know robotics are coming into play with um, building sneakers and um, denim and and different things like that and so I think different materials are going to get used really well and I think um, even Louis might be one of the first brands to start adapting some cooler fabrics and um, different ways of building up apparel mm. I think that will be really cool I watched Kanye's um, runway show the other day and I'll, I'm maybe too big of a supporter of his but I like what he's doing um, it's so like futuristic in the sense of how like in the 50s mm -hmm. when things were shown and like oh this is like the Jetsons era mm -hmm. you know I think Kanye's kind of like playing with that now where he's like we are we are the future like we're yeah. here but our clothes still looks the same so he's really trying to push stuff that way um, yeah I, I think we're kind of in a weird spot right now the next two years can be weird where we're kind of like playing back with 90s silhouettes I do agree uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's a little too early. I also grew up in the 90s and so have kind of like a, a weird taste in my mouth for the fashion back then. But mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I don't know. And I'm, and I'm not an expert on fashion necessarily. Mm -hmm. I do pay attention to it a lot um, because it gets tied up with the sneaker industry. Mm -hmm. But the, uh, and, and I will say the other thing I'm really excited about too is just um, some cool companies coming out with affordable lines such as Fear of God's Essential line mm -hmm. um, American Eagle is obviously trying to step into that line of kind of the hype beast culture um, you see brands like John Elliott coming out with a few more affordable like ready to wear items mm -hmm. um, yeah I, th I think it, it'll be cool you know even Off-White does some a few collaborations here and there that come out with some cheaper products um so yeah i'm all about affordable clothing too so for sure i agree um so i think that's a good way to wrap it up um I, before we we uh we say um well i should say um every single episode we like to tell people you know what's something that the last word i should say what's the last thing that you would um you want to leave to our listeners our followers this is pressure yeah uh, what's something what's like the last thing you want to you want to let them know uh honestly um a, a message or of inspiration yeah <laughs> if anybody out there is listening to it and knows me or hopefully has interacted with me online or in person you know i am hopefully come across as a very nice understanding um approachable guy and so i think uh, from customers out there um, hit me up I'm a total um, approachable guy I hope that you know I can create good um, experiences for people buying and selling sneakers um, but mostly for all the resellers and people getting into reselling or have an interest in it um, 
just I really, really, really encourage you guys to um, study business and and just be very supportive of each other. Um, we want to create a community that's open and respectful of each other and not competition that um, cuts down relationships and creates a culture that's um, really negative. And I, I've been seeing that recently. And so, yeah, just be nice, be respectful, um, inspire others. Like, I, I really think that reselling needs to be um, filled with more positivity because we're making money by doing very fun things. That's true. We get to shop and hang out with friends mm -hmm. and meet new people and still make money. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I don't want anyone to ruin it. That's true. I agree with that. Um, where can people find you on Snapchat, Instagram? Not Snapchat. Not Snapchat. Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an old, old man. No, you can find me at Instagram mostly. It's at DSM Drops, short for Des Moines, obviously. Some people might not know that. Some people might not know that. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just, um, I never thought this would get big. So I focused on my small city here in Iowa. But yes, it is at DSM Drops. Um, that's kind of my main platform. If you're on Facebook, I hang out in Band LA. Um, that's kind of my favorite sneaker group. Sure. But yeah, hit me up. I'm a, I'm an open book. So if you have any questions on reselling, um, I will definitely try to help you out as much as I possibly can. For sure. Uh, I want to thank you again for um, allowing us to, you know, film here, obviously for an hour and nine minutes. Dang. Um, but I think it's going to be our longest one, our longest episode. Uh, but thank you again. Of course, you can uh, follow the podcast on Instagram at Full Drop Podcast. Uh, find myself on Instagram at 99Manny. And um, you can find my uh my other business where I sell shoes uh, on Instagram at 90 underscore NIN with the number nine uh, at the end. And of course, this podcast will be distri distributed by Anchor. Um, shout out to Anchor for sponsoring this podcast. Um, big ups to them. Uh, I obviously love what they're doing with, uh, with podcasting. And you can listen to this podcast on all major listening platforms. So thanks again for the love and support, guys. Till next time. Peace.